Welcome to the SDG Talks podcast, where we discuss all things around the sustainable development goals and the roadmap to 2030. We are your co-hosts, James and Kevin, here to take you along the SDG ride. We hope you enjoy today's SDG Talks podcast. Talk to the people. Really get to know the area in which you're wanting to invest or collaborate, the area in which you want to see thrive. Get to know how, as my students would say, get to know how we move, right? <laughs> how we move, how we function. Hold some conversations with some people. Believe it or not, you'll be surprised the wisdom that someone that may just look like they may not know much, you'll be surprised the wisdom that the, as they would say, the average Joe, so to speak, would carry. STG Talks community, welcome back. This is the second episode of our SDG Talks mini-series with the Unleash USA hacks going on June 5th and June 12th. Today, you're going to hear from Candace Pedaway, who is a leadership coach, an adjunct professor, and all around just an amazing person. One of the big takeaways I took from this episode is as you're trying to work with a community within the Black Belt and Selma in particular, you got to have good intent. It really helps to use your ears more than your mouth and to ask questions and meet people where they're at. Don't just send an email and expect to get a response. You got to pick up the phone or you got to go there. Candace is a person of action, not just words, and gives some good context about how every single person you meet can be your teacher. It really helps to listen, engage, and interact. And I know you're going to get some good context about the challenges, but particularly the opportunities of how to work with this community. I know you're going to enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoy creating and keep on SDG talking. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the SDG Talks podcast. So excited today to be joined with Candace Pedaway. Candace, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm doing well as well. It's a great day to be alive, very grateful and humble to be talking with you. And for those of us that don't know where you're located today and who is Candace Pedaway, give us a little bit of insight into that. Gladly. So I am located in Selma, Alabama, which is in Dallas County of Alabama. And Dallas County is so significant because a lot of people may have heard of us, uh, Selma in particular, because of the Edmund Pettus Bridge and the National the uh, Voting Rights Movement that took place here and the act. But however, we are, th- there's a lot more to our story than that, right? We are a part of what they call the Black Belt of Alabama. And the Black Belt consists of 17 counties. And so uh, we have a nickname. They call us the Queen City of the Black Belt. So that's where I'm located. I'm an educator here, born and raised a native. I graduated from high school here, Selma Early College High School. And I came back home, went to Alabama A&M University, where I studied education there, English education, secondary. And I came back home to teach. And I've been teaching for the past 10 years. I worked as an eighth grade instructor, adjunct instructor, as well as an instructional coach. And I'm just happy to be here. I've also, along with that, have done work with the community, organized events in the community, I've done some mobilization, voter education and mobilization events, as well as working with our youth. I worked with our youth. I had a choir <laughs> when I was teaching middle school, worked in my church. And so I just do a lot of things in the community just because I love, I love, and I deeply love, love my community. I love my uh, area. I love my county. 
and I love the Black Belt. We're like family. So that's a little bit about me, a little bit about the area in which I'm from, the area in which I reside, and the area that I hold deep to my heart. Candice, thank you for that context. It's all fantastic. A lot of education in that and a lot of community in there. And I want to break those down a little bit. From an education standpoint, you mentioned some aspects of literacy education and literacy teaching and just education. What is it about teaching that you love? And what is it about teaching within your community that is maybe unique or a challenge that, that you approach, especially within your, what you do from a literacy perspective? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So I want to start with this piece. What is it about teaching and educating in my community that I love? This is just where I am with it. So I could have been teaching anywhere, right? I literally could have gone anywhere. I was equipped to go anywhere. But there was something about the need for quality educators in my area, And because I do love my area, I want to see my area thrive. I really wanted to be a part of the solution. I wanted to do my part. And I just felt a genuine tug on my heart to come back home and do the work. And it has really been a blessing to be here. I can honestly say, of course, I don't, no one really knows the outcome of life, right? But what I can honestly say is since I've been home, I don't know if I would have received as many opportunities as a young novice teacher. I started teaching when I was 20 years old. At the age of 20, I was able to come back home and teach and not only teach, find a job in my field, but I was well trained. There were friends of mine who graduated from college with me that went off to teach on the East Coast. They were in Florida. They were somewhere everywhere, but they did not receive as much professional development opportunities and training as I did. And I can honestly attribute that just from coming home, being in a space where my presence was appreciated. My expertise was appreciated. They saw me as, oh, her heart is here. And they were not afraid to make the investment in me. And I'm grateful, forever grateful for that. And um, I just really wanted to do my part. There's no secret that um, our education system in Alabama is not amongst the top you know, in the nation as far as competitive systems. And so with that, our education system down here in Dallas County and mostly in the Black Belt, they're not amongst the top ranking, right, in our state. And so if there was something that I could do to contribute to the solution, if there's something that I could do to aid in the development of our youth, which means the betterment of the community, which means a better quality of life for our people, more industry, more jobs, you know, if there's something that I could do, a role that I could play, I wanted to do that role. I wanted to be a part of the solution. And so that's that's pretty much the driving force for my why. Like, I just really, really, really wanted to be a part of the solution, wanted to, a lot of people say, give back and I wanted to give back, but I wanted to give more, right? And so that's pretty much the driving force as to why I'm here. That's my why. I love my people. And I wanted to be a person of action and not just words. I didn't want to just say I love them and not really do my part in showing that I love them. And also there were just opportunities here. You know, a lot of people don't believe that there are opportunities in the black belt, but there were, and there still are opportunities here. And I'm just grateful to be a product of those opportunities. 
Candace, you're getting me fired up right now. I love it. The whole, the, I appreciate the, the North Star. It's really important to have that. What gets you out of the bed every morning? And for you, what you just painted is such an amazing picture. And it's so important to, it's easy to talk. It's easy to throw to tweet. It's easy to, you know, be that keyboard warrior, but show me action. And I, I appreciate that. And that's, and you, I've seen that from your work and what you're doing. And you started to give me some context about the uniqueness of where you live. And I'd love to hear from you from, from those of us that have never been to, to Selma or, or Alabama for that matter. Paint the picture of, of your community. Who is the Black Belt of Alabama? The individual, the family, the community? And yeah, love to know your thoughts on that. So uh, my friend and I, we have a phrase and a saying, and we say Selma is community, Black Belt is family, right? And that's just the way I see it. Like in Selma, I'll start with Selma. In Selma, we we are community. And when I say we are community, it's almost like uh, we just like any family, we have our issues, you know, we're going to have those. But at the end of the day, we love each other. We have a saying, we call each other the two seven. If you go outside of Selma and you meet somebody from Selma, there is an immediate sensation, a feeling of, oh my gosh, hey, like a sensation of excitement that overtakes us because there's a shared, there's a shared love here. There's a a shared feeling of pride. We we really, I know the Bible tells you you shouldn't have all of that, but I'm just going to be honest. When it comes to my city, I wear it proudly across my chest that I'm from Selma. We have a unique history with um, civil rights movement. We also have a unique history with the Civil War as well. And so when you combine those together, right, that parallel and you have that here in one city. I mean, the Selma to Montgomery march took place here across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, but we also had the Battle of Selma that took place along the Alabama River. And so we have a unique history where a lot of a lot of places can't really say that. And so that's that's who we are, and we own that. And unless you're from here, you don't really understand it, right? You don't really really understand what it means to really be a part of of a place where the history is so rich, a place where we're family, even in the the, the church community, like right, foundationally church is a big the institution of the church the institution of religion is a big piece of the foundational principles of this area so it, it's a thing to know where somebody goes to church like it's a thing to know like uh if you meet somebody and you may not catch who they are initially you say well what church did you attend who's your pastor it's a thing to know somebody's cousin why because we assume that everybody is like our cousin and so you're like now, who's your mama? Who's your daddy? Oh, I know them. I went to school with them because we only have about, what, four high schools in our county. Hmm. So it's a thing to know one another. In the city of Selma, we have one high school, one seven, eight middle school, one sixth grade school, and about, I think about eight, six to eight elementary schools, give or take. And so it's a thing to know one another. And, and so the camaraderie, the love, the fellowship, it's just who we are. And so it's a sense of excitement, even in the Black Belt, the same way when I travel to Perry County, when I travel to Hale County, it's nothing but love, same energy. And it's like, I get this all the time. Oh, where are you from? 
oh, I'm from Selma, Selma. And, you know, it's just a sense of an immediate sense of embrace that overtakes me that I get from other individuals from the black belt. And so this is home. It's family. And with that, you can't help but to just love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just a couple weeks ago, I was watching the, the John Lewis documentary and seeing his advocacy and work and what he did and especially with that the initial the initial march to ms pettis bridge and and everything continue to fight for you know over the couple hundreds of years of history and, and what we're still fighting for today really was i almost sat, sat in a chair just had a couple of tears rolling in my eyes and thinking man like he gave so much for that community and, and of people of all colors when fighting for equal rights for everyone and to me that just was an extra sense of motivation of like wow what else can i do today to be of service to others and i'd love i'd love to know any any thoughts or comments around john lewis and some of his work yeah, so I'm I'm gonna even go a step further and say I think a lot of the pride, I'm glad you asked that question. A lot of the pride that I have personally, and I know a lot of people will share this sentiment, but a lot of my pride comes from being raised and reared during an era where I had the opportunity to experience the John Lewis leadership, the the direct impact and effect of what happened on Edmund Pettus Bridge. But here's the thing. Because I'm in Selma, I was able to experience that impact of the Courageous Eight. I was able to meet some of those people in the Courageous Eight. There are eight individuals who actually did the legwork and laid the foundation so that SCLC and SNCC could come to Selma and do the work that they did. And Dr. King could come to Selma and do the work that he did during 65 and during the Civil Rights Movement. They were our community leaders. And so being able, I remember my mom driving Miss Marie Foster to vote. I remember driving to community meetings, sitting in the back seat, going to her house. And my mom was saying, Candace, when Miss Foster gets in the car, make sure you ask her as many questions as you can, forcing me to engage with these people, not knowing what that meant at the time. I grew up going to Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. Dr. F.D. Reese pastored the church for 50 years. He literally was the one who signed the letter for Dr. King to come to Selma. After the uh, first successful leg of the march, Dr. Reese actually left the march, went directly to Ebenezer to accept the role of pastor for the church. And he pastored for 50 years. He passed away in 2018. And he was my pastor for 28 years of my life. And I grew up under that leadership. And so it's really when we hear the stories of, of what happened in 65 and you hear people talk about the impact of John Lewis's work. For us, it's much more than that because we were able to experience holistically the work of all of the foot soldiers. We were able to holistically feel the impact of the sacrifices that they made. I mean, even the people that you never hear about. Those are the people that we know. And so to know not just that one story, but to know all of, you know, many more stories and even the ones that are hardly ever told and how they impact the way we live, the way we function, it, it does something to you. And it just mm -hmm. really creates a deep sense of pride like none other. And, and so you walk around with your head high. You can go into any city, any country in the world, and you say, where are you from? I'm from Selma, Alabama. Like you say that because it's a thing. And like, despite all the issues that we have economically, 
you know, despite those issues that we may hear about or despite what we hear in the news, we still have pride because we stand on the shoulders of those who sacrificed, who labored, and they endure it so that we can. And so we keep pushing. And so we're happy and we're grateful and we and we find joy in that. So, yeah, it, it, it means something. It, yeah, it, it does. It, 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 I mean, all that that history and the blood, sweat and tears, all that, that that all ties into the persona and the story. And and of course, that that what happened in the past is so important about what to describe who is Candace Petaway today, who is Selma today. But I would now love your thoughts on considering all that. What does that mean today and tomorrow and moving forward for the outsiders, especially for this Unleash United States hack that is now exploring these this new innovation effort to address some of the hygiene and sanitation issues, which we'll get to in a second. What would you say to someone that, that is trying to get involved with the community of Selma and wants to do good, but doesn't know how to do good or doesn't know how to engage? You mentioned your mom forced you to ask questions like, what does someone do to try and really do it the right way? First, let me just acknowledge that Selma is a unique place. We are a unique place. And I will say this, some strategies that work in other areas may not work here. Being that we're personable, the black belt, we're personable people, right? So we have a lot of people, a lot of initiatives, a lot of organizations who hear our stories and they want to organize where they want to invest, they want to collaborate, they want to partner, but they don't know how. And I say they don't know how because sometimes, because we are so personable, sometimes sending, reaching out just with an email may not be the best means of communication because we're personable people. So you may have to call, you know, the uh, saying, meet people where they are. We are the people that you're going to have to come meet us where we are. So I invite those that want to partner, want to collaborate, come visit the city, right? Come visit our city, visit our areas, visit our counties. And the beauty of the Blackville area, there's more outside of Dallas County. I mean, Perry County, Marion is a beautiful place, historic, a lot of history there. There's just so much here. And so come visit, talk to the people, really get to know the area in which you're wanting to invest or collaborate, the area in which you want to see thrive. Get to know how, as my students would say, get to know how we move, right? <laughs> how we move, how we function. Hold some conversations with some people. Believe it or not, you'll be surprised the wisdom that someone that may just look like they may not know much, you'll be surprised the wisdom that the, as they would say, the average Joe, so to speak, would carry. And so just get to know us, get to know our area. And you do that by just spending time here. Uh, go to the churches, right? The institution of the church is foundational here. Go to the churches, sit in the church and go talk to the pastors, talk to the members, talk to the parishioners. There are stories to be told. Everybody here has a story to be told. So just get out. I would say just come in and listen to those stories and don't just limit yourself to one race of people, right? We have other races here. The ethnicities reside here. You know, ask around, get to know them, get and eat at the restaurants. Eat at the restaurants. Don't just come in and look at 
the Briggs take photographs and leave, their restaurants that we have, the Laney's, their world famous barbecue, they're nationally acclaimed, right? Nationally recognized. We have all in one cafeteria restaurant. Um, they haven't opened up since uh, COVID-19, of course, but they're here. We have the coffee shop. Right. We have a nice coffee shop. There are a lot of attractions here. And so and, and there are a lot of ways we even have a young entrepreneur, female entrepreneur. She has invested in a massive project to renovate, revitalize the downtown area of Selma, uh, calling it the Fulford Block. There's a lot. We have the St. James Hotel. So I would just I would really just recommend that individuals would come in and actually get to just know the area, start talking to the people, really seeking out the stories, just listening, because we, we have our issues and we could use the assistance. And I think the best way for one who truly has a heart and a passion for the work is to come and actually listen to mm -hmm. us. Less talk, more walk. And while you're walking, just listen and you'll be surprised at what solutions you have conjured just from listening. Use your ears more than your mouth as you're, yes. as you're walking around. Yes. One yes. thing you said that I, I live by is that every single person you meet in the world can be your teacher. You can learn at least one thing from every single person in the world. And I, I especially walk around the community, any community, but particularly in Selma, it's important to acknowledge that. And, and, and further to that, you'd mention surround yourself with people of different colors, ethnicities, beliefs, uh, p political beliefs. I mean, it's so valuable to surround yourself with someone that is on the complete opposite side of the fence. You don't necessarily have to agree, but it's useful to understand why do they think that way? And is there a way that we could work together to collectively try and solve some problem? And not saying I necessarily have all the answers or no one necessarily has all the answers, but it sure helps to surround yourself with the different people so you can have a, a wider picture. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that in your question, you asked me, you mentioned the sanitation issues as well. Yeah. So and I wanted to on that, I just maybe to, to paint that of like, I know you live in this community, but for on that of for those you're a member of the community, you've lived in this area from the challenges that are faced within Lowndes County, Selma from a more both a drinking water, but also sanitation expert or sanitation issues. What is that like being someone that lives in the area what, what, from someone living in it? What are some things that you see or what are some other people in the community that you have seen as far as positive or negative impacts on their life or, around what the sanitation issue or situation is like? I'll paint a personal picture for you. So from up until about age 10, I stayed. Now, mind you, I'm young. I don't know anything about sanitation issues, right? Quote, unquote. I only know just about how we live, right? So we lived in, um, so, you know, in a larger city, you have the city, you have the suburbs. In Selma, you have the town and the country. So I lived in the country and in the country, we got our water from a well, right? So we got our water from a well. And I remember growing up, there were just certain things in conversation and I would hear my parents allude to and they would say, well, 
when it was storm or things would happen, natural disasters would happen. And they would say, well, you know, our water comes from a well, so your daddy has to go and do whatever, you know? So I remember, I, I just remember there were things that we dealt with that my friends who lived in town did not, right? And so let's fast forward to about the age of, I would say about 23-ish when I was back home and teaching and I was assisting uh, someone with the campaign and they were campaigning throughout five counties within the Black Belt. I learned, now this person wasn't campaigning for a, uh, it was like a judicial seat, right? So they can't really <laughs> make decisions on economic issues. But I remember sitting in forums and that question constantly come, it would constantly come up. Questions about who's going to fix the sewage and the feces problem. You need to do something about that, you know? And they're like, well, I can't do anything about that because that's not in my purview of responsibilities. <laughs> so I can't do anything about that. But that's just where the constituents' hearts were. And so what I heard was, you know, from that was we have a problem and I don't care who you are, but we just need somebody to come and fix it. Like, I mean, throughout the Black Belt at that time, and, and I'm 30 now, right? So imagine how much time has passed just since then. But at that time, we had people who were still going outside of their houses to use the bathroom. They were still using the bathroom and what we call it outhouses. Like that's still a thing. And let me see, that was about what, seven years ago? That's still a thing in the black belt. That was still a thing. We also have issues in certain counties where, and I know this now, this is like past couple of years. Uh, even last year, we had a hurricane to come. And I remember there was one particular county, I think it was Perry County. I remember in that county, they had an issue with their water in their septic tanks or something. And when someone turn on the back the backup system there was nothing but rust coming out of it right then we had an issue the other day like two days ago that was on the news just in Dallas County about five minutes up the road from me there's a whole community where as of two days ago they actually had sewage wastewater feces in their backyard and they're like, we need you to fix it. <laughs> but the problem is because of the way, now I'm no sanitation expert. So this is just my, <laughs> my take on it. Mm -hmm. But the way that the uh, soil, right, is set up in the black belt, because of the way our soil is set up, it's so rich, it really doesn't absorb the water in the way. So it kind of like spits it back up. And so the septic tanks, they, they don't, they, they, they're not uh, stable, right? They're, they don't, they, they're not stable. And so we, it's an ongoing issue. It's an infrastructure issue that we have. And because our septic tanks, they don't hold, they don't absorb the waste. And so it's just a reoccurring issue and we really need a solution. And just, and, and to the everyday person though, they're not hearing that. They don't care about that. They want the sewage to stop uh, leaking out into their backyards because it stinks. I mean, you ride through areas and it literally stinks. I mean, we even have people who ride through and they make a mockery of the smell. They make a mockery of the area, you know, and, and it's really a larger issue that really needs to be addressed. I mean, you talk about 
wastewater issues in other countries, like you alluded to earlier, but we have our own issues right here in the United States, in Alabama, in the Black Belt of Alabama, and they need to be fixed. I mean, they, the, the people here, they're people too, right? And they want a better quality of life too. I heard somebody say recently, well, why don't you just get up and leave? Why should they get up and leave, right? This is their home. Why can't we hold whoever accountable, whoever has the resources accountable for fixing this or whoever the individual that we've elected, right, to make sure that we have access so that we can fix these things. And so that's why I say I'm excited to know that there are individuals, there, there are organizations who've heard of the story and they want to fix the problem. And I do want to commend Congresswoman Terry Sewell. I actually want to publicly commend her because um, she did lead the efforts. Um, it was a start because we had an issue. It, it really it really escalated really terribly in um, Uniontown, Alabama. That's Perry County. And so she was able to secure uh, an emergency grant with some additional assistance from other colleagues. But she was able to secure an emergency grant about maybe like a year or two ago. Not quite sure exactly when, yet about two years ago, I think. And she was able to secure that. And so they were able to fix the issue in Uniontown, Alabama, but that's just Uniontown. And so there, there's a larger infrastructure issue here throughout the Black Belt. Mm -hmm. So when I hear people talk about one specific area, I'm like, well, we got a whole <laughs> list of counties and areas that are really having this problem. And we, as my grandmama would say in church, come see about me. We, we really need, <laughs> and it's time, you know? And so I just want to even encourage my fellow constituents, my uh, fellow residents here to just be open and continue to advocate for yourself, be open-minded. So when um, individuals do reach out, we're accept accepting and re uh, accepting of them. But I also wanna encourage us to don't be afraid to speak out. You know the issues that are going on, you know what we need. Nobody knows what we need better than us because we're here, we're in the trenches, we live here. So speak out, use your voice, use your voice. And I wanna encourage those who want to come in and assist us. I want you to know that we want the assistance and we appreciate you and we're grateful to you and for you for wanting to help us. Even with the initiative that's coming up, I'm excited about it, but I do wanna encourage and just highlight that I think more essentially, I'm ready to see the implementation phase, yeah. right? I'm ready to see solutions actually being implemented and sustainable created. And when I say sustainable, I mean, if we say, for instance, we contract a company to come in and fix this solution, right? Fix this issue, rather, they, they uh, implement the solution. What does the sustainability plan look like for that implementation work? Like, will there be some way where we equip the people here? And that's workforce development. And we have the those programs in place. But will there be a way for us to equip the people here so that they can continue to make sure that this issue is monitored, right? Make sure that it's, it's attained, make sure that it's sustained, make sure that we're doing the work that we need to do on our end. Because a lot of times people come in and they'll fix a problem and they'll leave and we don't ever hear about it to 20 years later until there's a big 
is escalating and we're all looking crazy. We're like, <laughs> well, wait, well, they came in and then, you know, 20 years ago by really quickly. And you're like, oh, that was like 10, 20 years ago. It is time. I guess it is time. But if we had a built a sustainability piece into that framework where we actually had someone who was responsible, who had owned that project, who's local, on the project, they were monitoring it, they were monitoring progress, they were updating, and they were constantly making sure things were in place to make sure that, you know, it's sustainable, then it won't sneak up on us so bad. But we got a we got an issue. Yeah. We got a problem and we need a solution. So and you, that's just you, where I stand on it. That was a lot. But no, that's, that is, that's all really important context. Thank you for that. And and some thoughts that I had there was I mean, there's there's a little bit of a, a balance here where there's a lot of technology that has worked in other places in the world. How can we take some of those best practices in technology and apply it to this area? Granted, don't assume that you can just kind of control copy and paste it over there. There's obviously we talked about the soil differences, the community differences, the, the individual differences. That's all just something to think about. Uh, but one thing you mentioned too is you commended the congresswoman, which is great. And I think it's so important to acknowledge it's easy to point the finger at certain politicians and be like, hey, WTF, do your job. What the heck? Granted, they have a hard job. Some of them are are maybe better suited than others. Some of them are probably corrupt. Some of them are great. Everything in between. Having said that, it's definitely going to be a heck of a lot easier to try and make a friend as opposed to an enemy when trying to implement the solution. So working with government officials from a federal, state, local, and household level, while then looking at working with the businesses as well as working with the individual. Those are all different important pieces of the puzzle to where if those are all singing in harmony together, your chance for success is is going to be low. So I guess challenge everyone listening and everyone thinking about trying to work within Lowndes County and Selma and the entire Black Belt, keep all that in mind because it's it, it's complicated. But if you do the work and you pick up the phone and you have those conversations, it's going to help you a lot more to, to set you up for success. Yes, Kevin, that's, that's it. That's it. And I, and like I said, we are, we're here and we love, we love our community. We love one another. We love our community and we just want to see it thrive. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's just it. We just want just to want, see it want happiness. We want happiness and we want it to be yes. with our family and we want, and without access to sustainable solutions, sustainable hygiene, it's hard to have sustainable education. It's hard to be able to have job opportunities. The sanitation and the education really go hand in hand in a lot of ways. I want to just interject right there. I, I want to paint this picture really quickly. Please. If I can. When you started saying like the sanitation, and the education just even think about those that are listening if you really really can think about this with us being virtual right because of COVID-19 pandemic right and students who had to stay home and learn virtually imagine trying to learn in an environment where there's your wastewater is literally backing up in your backyard and so that's all you smell every single day and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So you feel that there's nothing you can do about it because of, and you're being told, well, the soil is that way. So that's just the way it is. You can't afford to move, right? You can't even afford to send your child some other place to do what needs to be done because it's a pandemic. So being 
having to be confined to that area, having to be confined to that space. And but that's home for you. So you you don't feel like you should be uprooted from your home, right? Nah, uh-uh. But if I'm going to vote and if I'm voting each cycle and I'm electing individuals to advocate on my behalf, then I expect that to be done. And so the constituents are doing their part. They're voting. They're placing responsibility in the hands in which they've been taught they're supposed to. But they didn't ask for this. You know, that child didn't ask for those conditions. And so it's just the way that I don't want to say I'm trying to find the proper term is literally just the infrastructure, period. Mm-hmm. It's just the infrastructure. And it's an infrastructure issue that we have. And, and so there's an infrastructure issue around the entire country and everywhere has a unique challenge. And, and Selma's is extraordinarily unique, particularly from just the soil and the dirt. And those are just the cards that the community was dealt. And it, that shouldn't be a, a death sentence to that. There's no way out of it. There is a lot of smart people. There's some sustainable decentralized technology solutions. There's some really cool aspects of how we can use hardware, software, data, and the Unleash United Nations community, as well as all the different state, federal, local communities within Alabama to where I don't think that this is a technology problem. I think it's a matter of uh, we maybe need to pull together some of these different pieces of, of the right people in customizing the right technology, but I'm pretty confident that many of the problems in the world, particularly this one we're talking about, is very solvable, figure outable if we apply everything correctly. Absolutely. 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 And I think it's doable. I really do. I think it's doable. And I want us to remember, like you said, there's a lot of technology out there, a lot of resources. And so let's not limit ourselves to just one area. I mean, this is an issue. The Black Belt spans across 17 counties. So this is an issue that we see literally consistently in 17 counties. Now, most of our cities, they've, you know, improved their water issues. Uh, they've improved their on their sewage issues. They, you know, were able to get funding to actually do some type of improvement. Some of them, but not all of them. There's a saying that says the further west you go, the more rural it gets. So think about our more rural areas that were not and have not been as fortunate to receive that type of attention. Mm-hmm. And their children that live there, their women there, their families there, and they need attention. They have issues and they need attention. And so I'm, I'm excited to know that there are others out there. There are others out there who are listening. I'm excited to know that there are organizations and entities out there who are they're they're hearing and they're literally thinking and they're developing and they're ready to do some work they're ready to collaborate and so i'm excited to know that and i'm excited to hear about these solutions i'm excited to know what these solutions are what they're going to be i mean even my uh my uh, my company, Risky Celestial Solutions. So I'm excited about solutions. I'm all about solutions. So I'm excited to hear, excited to be a part, and I'm excited to support in any way that I can. 
Well, Candice, you're a wealth of knowledge and just extremely passionate and an amazing, bright soul that I've, I've enjoyed talking to so much today. And to round us out here, as you speak to the world, particularly this Unleashed community that's approaching this upcoming USA Hacks, uh, June 5th and June 12th, what is one final thing you would say to an aspiring innovator. So it doesn't even need to be innovator. Someone that wants to help, uh, as we've talked about and, and throughout this conversation, what is just a, a final challenge or question or insight that you would that you would give them? One final insight that I would give the innovator is simply this: no idea, no solution that you create is too big or too small. I say go for it, go hard. Think about it like this. Our issues have really turned into, for some people, it feels like life or death, right? It feels like a death sentence. So think of that when you're developing and say, don't limit yourself. I want you to think as though there is no box. I really want you to think as though there is no box. Take the issues that have been presented to you Take the issues, identify, we've identified a need. You have these issues, you know what they are. And so develop. Nothing is too big, nothing is too small. Develop and we'll see what works. So I invite and I'm excited and I just can't wait to see what it is that you all create. I'm very excited to be a part of the work that the SDG is doing and Unleash and I'm, I'm excited. Candice, you are awesome and you got me fired up on this Friday. So thank you for that, as well as just all the, the valuable insights you provided us. And I look forward to staying in touch and, and seeing what is next for you and your exciting journey. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm happy to be a part of SDG Talks. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks, Candice. Thanks for listening to the SDG Talks podcast. Make sure to check out all the show notes for relevant links from this show. Please share and follow SDG Talks on social media and stay tuned for updates from the Unleash in United Nations community. The goal of the SDG Talks is to bring you good content. So if you want to learn about something specific or have suggestions, please let us know. We look forward to seeing you next time on SDG Talks. <laughs>